Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast, a little solo episode for you today. I was, admittedly I'm hungover, you know I like to be honest with you, I had a good day with some friends yesterday, went down and had a sauna this morning, sweating it out a little bit, and I was thinking just about a number of things that I'm seeing recently and a little bit of a toolkit to get ready for 2023 further. I got a lot of good feedback about the my themes that I read out to Mikey for 2023 and thoughts that uh, I think we'll see this year. And I just wanted to expand on some of those points because I think people are, like there's more chat about the R word, the recession word, and that will mean that there must be people worried about that, right? And I think leading up to this point, There's hundreds of Keep the Change podcasts now, and they're all designed to get you ready for all sorts of times. But humans don't do it. They just don't get ready. Now, in Auckland, this last week, we've had a flood, and it has been very stressful, traumatic. It has been uh, very hard for a lot of people to understand. It just came out of nowhere. And my girlfriend actually said to me this morning, she said, You would think that in this day and age, there should be some sort of warning sign before this even got here. Like, hey guys, we're probably going to get unprecedented rainfall today. Don't go to work. Stay off the roads. um, Get ready. But no. So I don't know. Like, why not? Or was there warning, but no one heard it? And people must have known that love weather and stuff. Like, fuck, this looks pretty grim what's coming. But we just go about our lives, right? And I think it's a good example of how maybe there was warning and maybe we did sort of know, but we just carry on until the world stops us. And that could be for some people losing their job in a recession and it could be, oh shit, maybe I didn't want that debt that I have, that credit card, that buy now, pay later, that consumer debt, that holiday that I've ticked up, you know, whatever it is. It's very easy when life smacks us in the face to realise, fuck, I shouldn't have done that, 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 and that, right? But that's hindsight, and often we have to get to that event for us to then be able to use hindsight. Now, the other interesting observation through this whole flood period of Auckland is, for me, I, I think we need to encourage more people to be leaders, whether that be the captain of your rugby team, whether that be the prime minister of the country, whether it being the organiser of your social club inside your work, whatever leadership looks like, we need to encourage more people to want to go into those roles. But the way I see people act towards leaders, for me, all it says is that we're discouraging younger people coming up to want to aspire to have those roles 
because they just get the shit kicked out of them. Now, I don't know and didn't follow it close enough to have a good opinion of whether the mayor of Auckland handled the situation well, but I'm not even talking about just this incident. It always fascinates me, as I've explained to you before, when the All Blacks aren't doing well, how a huge percentage of New Zealand just loses their shit at the coach and they're so opinionated. But I wonder, do these people look at themselves in the mirror and critique their own performance to such a high standard? Do they jump on their own social media and comment on their own posts and go, fuck, you've been pretty lazy lately. Look at your sloppiness. Shit, I'm disappointed to see the way that you've shown up on social media. You should have done better. Like, there's no way that these people talk to themselves like this, right? And there are going to be a number of people who end up struggling through an economic downturn, but they're going to want your sympathy. And you're going to be challenged with, do I, should I, do they deserve it? All I would say is just try and clear as much negativity out of your life as you can, especially if you're the spitter of the negativity, because it doesn't serve you well and it doesn't lead to anything good. Yep, it's easy to be a Twitter fucking mayor of any city in the country with your, with your one lens on what you would have done, but not understanding all the other shit that goes on in that, right? Same thing, trying to run a rugby team around the country, whatever, run a country, uh, yeah, run a rugby team uh, in any country, run a, run a country, like whatever it is, it's so easy to, to just expect that there is this perfection that it should be run to. But that's, like, are you perfect? Of course you're not. Like, none of us are. So it's so weird that we've become so accepting of just blasting leaders. And sure, like, maybe sometimes they get some shit wrong and they deserve it, right? But do you need to think, or, like, do we need to try and shake some of these people and be like, hey, your kid might want to grow up and be a leader? They probably don't, judging by the way that you carry on uh, and the standard to which you hold them to, but you don't actually operate like that in your own life. It's a bit contradictory. But I know, I'll be barking up a tree with that. But that's my little rant to get this started. Something I've just noticed over the last little week. Um, one thing I learned quite a few years ago is just to just to try and pull yourself out from... I, I can't remember what the saying is. It's like... Um, I can't even... Yeah, it's, it's basically, if you like talk about other people, it's a good sign that you're just wasting energy. And it's low-level living, low-level thinking... And you should be more thinking about ideas and growth and building relationships and connections rather than sitting around, mugging people off, etc. Now, I think, going back to what I said before, we'll get tested, right, because we're going to go into an economic time where it'll be, you know, for some people, it'll be, it'll be a tough period for them and they're going to want to blame someone, make excuses, deny that they could have taken any sort of ownership, accountability, responsibility, right? And I actually spoke to a friend recently and they said, man, the thing that I'm most worried about with the recession is just the the um, damage it has on your own mental capacity or what goes through your head. And I said, can you unpack that for me? What, what are you trying to say? And basically they said, well, 
if you set yourself up right and you're ready for tough times and you learn how to do that and learn through adversity and things like that, when things get harder, you naturally get further ahead because you've got an ability to navigate that and you have to watch people fall further behind behind you and people who had previously done well and things like that. And he said that, you know, that takes a toll, which is very fascinating. He also said, you know, it becomes every man for himself, to use that phrase, where friendships you thought you had get tested because people, as you know, will normally just act in self-interest. And that could be you as an employee, as an employer. It could be you needing money and taking it from places you shouldn't take it from or having your mate's piece of equipment and not returning it to them or just leaning towards desperation and selfishness a bit more because we're coming from a fearful, scarce and scared place put onto us partially by what happens in an economy. So this list here that I want to share with you is some thoughts that I had around how to keep yourself ready for 2023. So it's sort of your 2023 toolkit. And the reason we're here in terms of the economy compacting and shrinking and chat about recession is that debt is getting dearer and it's getting less accessible. So I'm going to give you some examples of being able to see this play out throughout uh, my life at the moment with just things that I can see happening, which hopefully will give you some good examples. But also wages have gone up. Revenues are coming back. So people consider spending less. So that sounds kind of wrong. So they're basically they are considering, shit, should I buy that or not? Naturally, we go back into our um, shelves a little bit and we contract as well. So then spend decreases, revenues decrease, people still want to be paid more, margins squeeze up, businesses get worried, they don't rehire, and they may lay people off. Business confidence is also very low, very, very low. So what that means is that business owners, which usually drive an economy, they are a bit worried about everything that's going on and they don't feel like they've got an ability to have prosperity. So they're naturally, they're retracting as well, aren't they? And they're contracting and they're thinking, shit, do I invest in that piece of machinery? Do I invest in that new role? Do I spend money on that? Shall I pull our branding, marketing that we're paying for? And I saw someone recently driving a Porsche, getting a coffee. Said, how are things for you? Oh, great. But shit, it'll be a different year this year. Oh, really? How come? Oh, I've been branding. Branding agency. Yeah, it's one of the first things people stop spending money on. I thought, really? She said, yeah, yeah, I've seen it all before. I thought, well, fuck, they must spend a bit on it to get that Porsche. Uh, but hey, you do you. Good on you. And I thought, huh, there's a lesson for me. Make sure that we, with what the things that I'm doing, don't stop spending money on brand because I know how valuable that is. So that was a nugget that I picked up. But an older version of me would be like, oh, maybe we should decrease our spending on branding. 
maybe that's a good idea. But I know that that doesn't actually help you build and grow in time. But that's an example of business confidence decreasing. So that person is already worried about how their year will go. Now they have a data set for themselves that they believe that people will stop spending in their business and that this year is going to be tougher. They've got two choices. Watch it play out or push and use more energy to see if they can fight the tide and actually go against that and continue to grow if they actually want to. The other thing I want you to think about when it comes to all this chat about recession is that you should want two things. One, to figure out what you want to get from the process. So if you accept that it could get tough, but that's okay, I'm going to become a stronger person. That's a great outcome. That is a great thing to leave a recession with. Now secondly, you might want to decide what do you want to do on the other side of a downturn? Who do you want to be? How do you want to be ready? How will you take advantage or build an opportunity on the other side of a recession? Now I spoke to someone yesterday and they told me about how they had to let someone go in their role and they basically said, I know where you live and I'm going to get a gun. That is some very intense shit, right? But this person, once they calmed down, actually became a, losing that job was the best thing that ever happened to me. We often don't get to see these things until they happen to us, right? So remember, as hard as things could, may well get, and they may not for you, but if you face difficult times, remember that you may not realise until that happens that that is actually really good for you and it sets you in a completely different direction. So think about how you can benefit from this time as well. We can't have it easy all the time. It doesn't set us up for much. Everybody talks about how they learn, learn more from through the tough times, right? So take those lessons and search for them and want them. Something for you here that I've spoken about before. I want you to keep your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Because more and more people won't. More and more people will drop the ball and they will be too consumed of the other things that they're trying to do and they won't keep their word. So trust gets eroded through a tough time because as I said before, it turns into that every man for himself type mentality and people kind of go, well, it is what it is. I saw some footage during the flood of a supermarket. I don't know if this is confirmed, but people were saying that people were looting that supermarket because, well, why not, basically? You know, it's flooded. Let's just take some shit. And I hope that that's not what humans were doing, but we've seen it on TV before. We know that that can be and is what happens in some of these situations. So try not to ever enter into any of that form of action but at the same time the reverse of that is doing the things that you say you'll do one this helps you build your own confidence and secondly it helps other people be confident in who you are so something so simple keep your word the other piece of that is go above and beyond when an economy is absolutely humming we get all of this well I should get more time off you know I should get my breakfast paid for me. 
we want all of these things right and we start to demand them. All good and well when if we go back to the start, debt and credit is everywhere and it is cheap. Margins for businesses are higher. We can do heaps of that stuff. When things start to contract, all of those things seem to start getting a little bit quiet. It ain't like, oh, we should all get a fucking packet of Cocoa Pops in the morning each as well. So the whole quiet quitting and I'll do the bare minimum and stuff, all good and fashionable in an economy where there's an abundance of just excess. But when we go the other way, oh, who's going to stand out in a bad light? The people that go, I'm not doing that. It's not in my job, bro. Fuck that. Why should I have to help with that? Those people are really going to frustrate other people who are struggling that thought they could rely on them. So remember to go above and beyond when you can. A recession encourages you to be fearful and contract. Now that's not what's always going on. So you need to be very careful that you don't let your mind create a truth that isn't there. As an example, oh, I won't get a pay rise because there's a recession. You may not actually understand your value in that organization. I had someone message me recently that said, mate, you often talk about side hustles as a form of other income. I took my same skill set. I now fly in and out of Australia and do it there. I'm on double the pay and now I get to spend more time with my family. They understand that their value is increased in another environment. They could easily go, well, it's too risky doing that in a recession but, or in a, in a time that was said to be going into recession, and so then they sit still. But don't confuse your mind and the data points that you're consuming for what the environment is that you, could, that you are actually in. Now, you could be in a business that's actually doing really well and they really can't afford to lose you or whatever, and your value may be higher than what you realize. So for this example of not asking for a pay rise because of the recession, Don't let your brain tell you what the outcome is. Still hold your value and ask. And then ask, what else could I be doing to ensure that I can? Another story for you that will not make sense to a lot of people, and I will try to explain every piece of it. So if we stay on this theme of keeping your word, going above and beyond, Remember that loyalty becomes massively valued as well. People will remember people who are loyal through a time. This week I had a client say to me how one of their staff may be poached because someone that they know has offered one of their employees a lot more money. Now, most people would go, more money, great, let's do it. That's better for me. I'll times that difference by how many hours I do, times it by the weeks. Shit, I'm going to have extra X amount per year. And so they will go and they will do that, right? Now, the danger is that you don't know what's on the other side of that. What can't you see? And this is where it becomes very tricky to decide what do I do because you don't know what is on the other side. Now, what is on the other side for this person that the person who I know, who employs this person, what they know about this other business is that they aren't necessarily going too well financially and they owe a fair bit of money to the IRD. 
So there's a likelihood that this person will move jobs to get this pay rise, but they may not be in a job for as long as they thought they would. So just be careful jumping at shiny objects in a time where you need to think about stability and loyalty. But it's not a word that we speak too much about anymore. And I think it has eroded quite a lot because we've gone from a world where you would sort of work at one place for five years or even then it was when I was coming out of uni, it was like, oh, at least stay there for two years. Otherwise, it looks bad for your CV. Now it's a kind of, fuck it, just roll. Like if it sucks, just get out of there six months there, six months there and keep going. But be a little bit careful about what carrots may get dangled in front of you and how realistic those carrots could actually be. My other note here is whatever happens to you, let it go quickly. What I mean by this is that if you sit on the thing that's happening for you and dwell on that, you'll drain more energy. It'll take longer to move back into action and carry on. Now, some personal examples of this for me at the moment is I know that we have some clients in our business who aren't going as good as they were in a, in a cranking economy, economy. And I'm trying to help them, but not everybody wants to be helped, nor is it an easy fix for them. And that means that we will and have already had clients who say, I just can't afford to pay that anymore. Now, if I let that one or two piece of data, pieces of data be the thing that determines shit, that's going to determine my whole year and contract myself and freak out and hold on to it and try and figure out how's this happen, how big is this problem going to get, it's going to fuck me and that is the path I'm going to go down. So I have to just go, okay, completely makes sense, always agree with them, yep, let's go and get over it and carry on with it quickly. Because I'm better to then try and figure out how can I get another client than shit. You know, how can I just think of all the things I could have done differently? And if there is no saving this, it, it is what it is. So I'll always try and find a, a good outcome. But things are going to happen throughout the year and every year. And you don't want them to happen. But it is what it is. The faster you can let them go and then focus back on, okay, what else could you be doing? We get to flip back into the ownership, accountability, responsibility, moving forward, push energy, I'm in control of this. These things happen, but they happen for me, happy days, and we wire ourselves to just keep going, right, and look for other ways to be able to keep moving rather than just focusing on what's not right. Now, the other thing that is tricky in these times is you have to stick to your values. Now I know as well that we will have clients who won't like the advice that they get. Now my values mean that I have to still give it to them and I ask them, are you sure? Do you know exactly what you're doing here is not actually going to work? Now when I was first training to be an accountant, and many accountants out there still to this day would not act like that. It would be, yes, I'm happy to talk to you about that for half an hour, knowing full well it's probably not a good idea. 
it won't solve anything, etc., etc., etc. By the way, here's a bill at the end of that month. We kept the client relationship. Now, when I was an employee, I definitely wouldn't push them because what if they didn't like what I said and they left as a client and then my boss would be like, mate, they left because of you. And I'd think, fuck. So then I'd have to dial back how I would operate. That is the beauty of having your own business is that you get to be yourself more and we all get taught throughout our lives, be more of yourself. So I can do that in my current vehicle and in my business, but I know that there will be downside. And I know not everyone will like the advice they get or my opinion, and that will lead to a percentage going, later mate, I'm fucking sick of you, the way that you do things. I don't want to be someone that just sends them an invoice to go, well, at least I still got paid because I actually want to see people succeeding. So our first value for Next Advisory is winning. And that means that if our clients are winning, we should be winning too. And we want to see people winning. So we have to understand what winning is. But winning becomes a lot harder in tough times. So I'm facing this too with the people that I am working with. Now, to bring it back to an individual level, this is where all of the things that you learn about through Keep the Change that are so fucking boring have such a big impact because it's what they do for you spiritually, mentally, physically, sexually, whatever Lee word you want to use at the end of it that helps you be ready. Now, an emergency fund is a good example of that. Man, you're always banging on about that. Fuck, I don't need that. You don't need it. Maybe you don't. But you need the peace of mind, especially if you're an anxious type person, a warrior, a struggle to sleeper. Why can't you sleep? Why are you worried about finances? Get the worry out. Tidy it up. You don't have to think about it. What can you do with that time now? Great. You can focus on growing. So that's why you want to have an emergency fund. Hopefully you never fucking need it. Maybe it's too small anyway. Maybe it's a scam. Maybe it just keeps you thinking and worried about the thing that could happen. But that's not been my experience with it. It has been great. I know that if shit hits the fan, I can keep that fan going. There may be shit everywhere, but we keep that thing turned on. So keep yourself strong physically, mentally, and morally. Do the things that you say you'll do. Keep your word, like I said before. That's acting morally. Don't do bad shit. It leads to bad shit. Get into the gym. Get into some fitness. Go for a walk. Get your body moving. Don't sit down all the time. Someone said to me the other day, sitting's the new, like it's the modern form of cancer for people. We just have all accepted that we just sit around. Like we're not made to do that. And so sedentary, I think, is the word. Where we sit down heaps and lie down and shit and we're not actually moving, right? So get moving. And I've got work to do in this space too. I know I should be meditating. I said to Mikey on a pod recently, that's been my biggest letdown of myself for 2022. I can't seem to build this habit of doing it. I'm like, maybe I don't need to do it. I had a very, 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 very busy week recently. And all week I thought, fuck, this is why I should have been meditating. Because I'm not in control of my thoughts. There's too many of them. It's, my brain is at overdrive. There's so much going on. And I bet if I had have been meditating six months leading into this, I would be like, ah, thank God I've been doing practicing the meditation. So you won't know 
when you need a strong arm until you need a strong arm, when you need a strong mind until you need that strong mind, when you need to be moral. Well, actually, that doesn't work. You always got to be fucking moral, don't you? Otherwise, you end up in the shit. But you don't know when you'll need your emergency fund until you need it. And that sucks. Like, it's boring. Well, I've got three grand, five grand just sitting there. Like, it seems like a waste. Or what's the point of having these guns or being able to do 10 pull-ups or some shit? But who knows? Like, maybe you come across a situation and they need someone that can lift that or do a pull-up. And you won't know until you're into that. But if you can't, when you get into those environments, you're not helpful. Should have been doing the work. That's why it pays to do things that we know will be good for us in the future, even if we're not getting a reward for it in the here and now. This is why I've taught you before, if you've listened to how to have a huge year in 2022. If you didn't listen to that pod, go back because I got heaps of feedback about that and people loved it. It's all the weird shit that I do throughout the year and things that helped me have a good year in 2021 and what I was going to be doing to have a good year in 2022. Things like gratitude, every day, being grateful for things. So flipping from being those punishers on Twitter that just rip down leaders and telling them how they should have led better because they are such fucking role models for leadership themselves. Instead of being one of those people, you learn to be grateful and practice gratitude and be stoked with the things that happen to you, for you, and come into your life. Writing down and even having goals, having something that's pulling you forward, constantly going back to those. A monthly review of where all your shit is financially, staying in control of that. Even doing the same thing with your physical health or even your mental health, your levels of vaping, drinking, whatever it is that you want to keep an eye on. Get energetic people around you. Remove the people that are going to take from your life and drain you and try and bolt on some that are going to give you energy. Could even just be listening to podcasts like this rather than watching an episode of some shit that makes you feel like you're going to have a fucking nightmare and freak out and be worried or that the world's going to end or some shit, right? So you want to just be mindful of the energy that you're giving yourself because we had two years of pandemic-y stuff. Like how many fucking boosters do we need? Should I wear a mask? Shouldn't I? Should I go to that function? Shouldn't I? Have I got COVID? Don't I? Did I do the test right? It was all so draining, wasn't it? Month after month after month. Lockdown, maybe not. How many people can come to that event? I don't know. What's your status? Did you sign into this? Far out. It was so, it was just pulling so much of our energy. And now we thought, well, wait till I get to the other side of that. Now look where we are. Inflation. Costs suck. Might lose my job. Recession. No growth. All of these things. More, like war, petrol, all of it, more drain on energy. So if you're not figuring out how can I top my own energy up, you're just going to let the world suck from you. And that's what media, for example, are really good at because they know that our brains will go to the negative. It's so much easier to think negatively. So we'll get pulled in by all of that stuff as well. So be very, very careful with all of this doom and gloom that you know, like, ah, I can see this. I can see that that's a little bit too much for me today. I might just go back to thinking bigger. And this is what I try and do. When I keep having negative thoughts, which isn't much, but when I'm worried about losing clients and stuff, I'm just like, oh, stop that. Why don't you think about how you'd get clients? Oh, yeah, good. And then I go down that path in my head. You could just be worrying about anything that could happen, 
and just try and catch yourself doing it and be like, oh, why don't I swap that for this? And sometimes I will just stop and I'll be like, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I can solve problems, I've done it before, I've solved way bigger problems than I thought I'd ever solve in my life, why am I thinking about this? And I'll say that to myself. And I'll literally override my brain and go in the other direction. Or I will be like, I'm going to help 100,000 Kiwis with their financial literacy goals. And then my brain will go into, wow, that'll be pretty cool. That could be life-changing. That could help a lot of people. Wonder how we do it. Am I actually getting close to that? What do I need to do to do that? And bang, I'm away from worrying about little shit or just things that my brain's giving me that are major. And I'm like, oh, why am I fucking thinking about a plane crashing? Oh, you know, that, oh shit, you know, this plane could crash that I go on. It's like, yeah, yeah, and I'm probably still going to go on it. So why do I need to think about that? Go in a different direction. So that could be weird for you, but if you're constantly thinking about yuck shit driven by what you're consuming, you've got to find a way to go the other way at times as well. Now I thought, what other things would someone need to do to prepare for a recessionary or contracting time in history. And I thought, well, I'm going to ask ChatGPT. Now, I know a lot of you will have thought about this and heard about ChatGPT. It's AI. I'm not going to explain it. Just have a Google of it if you want to. But um, just on that as well, it's a shiny object for a lot of people at the moment. And so everyone's like raving about it. And it's, it's this big major thing. And it is, it is a big major thing, right? But life still goes on. And that's one thing that I've learned over the years as well is that, Luke, you don't need to keep looking for the shiny objects. The shiny objects eventually end up in front of us and a part of us all the time as well. I can use this tool because I can feed it prompts through my creativity and it can then add further to my creativity or thinking as well. So basically what I've done is I've asked this chat GPT, artificial intelligence, to go onto the internet, find all of the best data and tell me what people in New Zealand should do personally to prepare for a recession. And within about 30 seconds, it is typed out for me this. There are several steps that people in New Zealand can take to prepare for a recession and I was really interested to see what number one was. And guess what it is? Build an emergency fund. Well, fuck. That's boring. Why is it the number one thing? It's important to have a savings buffer in case of job loss or reduced income. Aim to save at least three to six months worth of expenses in an easily accessible account. Most people would never be able to do that. Three to six months. That's ridiculous. We'll quit at that point. I'm not doing that. I, I won't be able to do that, so then I won't do it. Maybe don't start with that as being the the goal, right? Maybe just start with three to four, five grand, like something. You decide for yourself. But don't go too hard, not going to do it. Number two, reduce debt. Wow, who's been speaking about that recently? High levels of debt can make it difficult to weather a recession. Consider paying off credit card debt and other high interest loans. Interestingly, in business, people could get an interest-free loan from the IRD. A lot of businesses took them over $2 billion, I think, was borrowed. People thought, well, it's just cheap money. It's free money. Why wouldn't I get it? Guess what's happening now? They're all going to pay it back. Like, oh, it's only 3% interest now that it's kicked in, but they still have to pay the money physically back. And guess what people hate doing? Paying money physically back. So don't sit on debt if you don't need to. Try and get rid of that shit. Just like this is telling us, consider paying off credit and debt and other high-interest loans. So you want to get rid 
of things that are costing you money and draining your resources. Number three, diversify your income. Having multiple streams of income can provide a safety net in case one source dries up. Consider starting a side business or taking on freelance work. It's like I wrote these things. Multiple streams of income, again, sounds too scary. But all it means is more than one. So think, is there another way that you could increase money coming towards you? Something else that you could rely on if you need to. Number four, be mindful of your expenses. Jesus, this is the Grinch. Take a close look at your budget and see where you can put money back into your pocket by cutting unnecessary expenses. Simple, very, very simple. Get your bank statements for the last few months, go through them. What do I keep buying? What do I not really need to buy? What's that really doing and impacting and costing me? Number five, invest in assets that are likely to hold their value. Investing in assets such as property, gold or stocks can help protect your wealth during a recession. Now that's a whole podcast on its own, isn't it? I work in a building where there is a gold mint. I asked the dude the other day, been busy? He's like, yes. There are people rolling in buying gold. They believe that that will be a store of value for them, and so that is what they're putting money into. Number six, keep your skills and knowledge up to date. Wow, we've talked about that before, haven't we? Increase our own value. Increase our knowledge. This will increase your chance of finding a new job if you lose your current one. Ooh, Imagine if someone loses a job, you know, it's that, it's that trigger moment to then go, like to start with it'll be, how could this happen? I can't believe this, this is bullshit for most people, right? Because their brain would just default to that. But then it would be, geez, I really wish that I did that course that they offered to put me on, or I wish I went through with learning that other stuff. But again, losing your job could end up being the best thing that ever happens to you, and you might actually learn a whole new skill set, and it could be more valuable than what you're currently doing. Number seven, be informed, keep yourself informed of the economic situation in New Zealand and the world and be prepared to adapt as needed. Be prepared to adapt as needed. Very, very powerful adaptability. And you're doing that by keeping yourself informed via listening to things like this and just having an awareness that things are sort of changing out there. And a lot of it will be out of our control. But we want to see what we can do to stay prepared and be as prepared as necessary. Look at this flood recently in Auckland. You know, people weren't prepared for that. But we're probably as prepared as we could be. But then look at humans. They'll always go and try and find ways to solve the problems as soon as we, we encounter them. So humans are very, very resilient and very resourceful and very good at moving in the direction towards survival and growth. And we're all evidence of the world that we live in now, evidence of that by the world that we live in now, when you look around and look at all the buildings and stuff that you can see and you think, well, someone built that for other people to think that would be good for them to have shelter and be able to live in there, etc. And so they did that. They could have been like, I can't be fucked. I just won't do that. Like, wouldn't worry about it. They know that that building is probably going to outlast their life and that other people are going to be able to use that. So humans will, will find ways to carry on. So this recession or a slowdown, whatever it is, the world will carry on, right? We'll keep moving and we might have to take some steps backwards to then be able to take some steps forward but that was the same thing that happened when we got to the pandemic time. It was all up in the air. It was fucking crisis and we're thinking, shit, you know, what's going to happen here? And then eventually we revert back to the mean and things carry on but things are just a little bit different. 
ChatGPT goes on to say, it is important to note that these suggestions are general and may vary depending on individual situations. It is recommended to consult with financial advisors for personal and tailored advice. It basically knows that uh, people don't want to take ownership of these things, so it's doing a disclaimer of like, oh, by the way, these things are only general because I can't cover absolutely everything that could happen and tell you what to do, but here's seven things that you want to be thinking about. So hopefully some of ChatGPT's suggestions have been very helpful for you as well. There are a number in there that are very, very simple, and a lot of those things from ChatGPT are things that we've actually been speaking about for the last little while and for, for months now when it comes to keep the change, building up emergency funds, thinking about other ways to access cash should you need to, being mindful of all the things that you're paying for, thinking about what debt you've got and whether you need the high interest stuff, what can you be storing your money in? What do you need to be learning about? You know, Mikey's uh, concept of what's one thing each year that you can learn? What's your one thing? And just being informed. And remember as well that you need to take action. So actually take some of these things out of here and go, right, what can I actually take action on? And if you still haven't sat down and mapped out what does my money coming in versus what does my money going out look like, I suggest that that should be your first step because that could be the first step of you going on a journey of taking the stuff more and more seriously and then you'll continue to learn more and more as you go. So I hope that that has been helpful for you. We will keep showing up, myself, even Mikey when he's got the time to try and help you and show you and tell you what we're seeing, hearing, what we're doing what things are happening, but not everyone's going to want to think like that, right? So you could potentially be in a 50-50 or even a minority of people who act completely different when things get tough. And you could be more wired to want to find solutions and keep going and pushing forward, and that's going to be great, right? You know that that's the right way to go rather than giving up, giving in, not having hope, you know, that's where depression and shit lives, not having something that can pull us forward, right, not being able to see what the point of our future is, or having hope that things can be better, so don't let yourself get down there, and there's going to be article after article later this year of just things happening for people, there's going to be stories, people maybe having to sell up their homes, or sell the assets that they have or they might lose their job or they've had to move or move back in with their parents, whatever. The more and more you see and consume of that, you run the risk that you continue to worry and evaporate your energy with that stuff. So be very mindful of it and try to look after yourself by just doing the things that you know help you be the best person that you can be, whether that be the version of you that is that feels the strongest with the most energy like that is the person that you want to be going into battle with right and that's what we expect of our all blacks of our athletes they're honing themselves to go into battle at their peak and that's why an athlete who is sick doesn't usually compete and someone else will take their spot in that team because they're Decreased capacity due to their illness will mean that they can't perform to the standard of somebody who is healthy. So you can take that same principle for yourself and just 
try and build ways and take notice of when you feel your most confident, powerful, strong, healthiest, physical, um, all of those things. And if you can figure out how you've done that, then that's also a really powerful thing to do. And it could just be writing down some notes, but actually just having some awareness day-to-day of how you're feeling and what could be impacting that, whether it's a decrease in sleep or you drank too much caffeine late last night or you're drinking or whatever, but you can move through that and you can try and learn from it to then figure out, okay, how can I ensure that when and if things get tougher for me in my life this year and next year and whenever, that you're going to be in a better state to be able to handle it. And sometimes you just have to show up, right? And today, for example, myself, you know, I had a few drinks yesterday, so I know that I'm not at my peak creativity. I'm nowhere near my rating of where I know that I could make three podcasts, make barely any mistakes, make some videos up on the whiteboard, be smashing it out. Like, I'm not there today. But you still can show up, and that's a great concept to remember too. Just show up. And if I look at this flood, for instance, there's a whole heap of people that didn't fucking want that flood to be happening. They didn't want to be dealing with what they were having to deal with. And I'm sure we all have empathy for those people. But they didn't have a choice, did they? They just had to get stuck in, try to look for solutions, show up for their community members, try and do what they could to help, show up for their families. There's a photo of a guy you know, carrying his daughter through the floodwater or, or someone's child through the floodwater. And they're just doing what they have to do in that time. And they're showing up. They're not quitting. So it's a good reminder that like, we will do that when we need to. But if you can try and learn ways to do that more for yourself as well, then it's going to be even more and more easier to convince yourself to do it when you need to. And it'd be more second nature for you to do exactly that. When the world, your community, your family, your friends, whoever, yourself, need you to do it. That has been a little bit of the 2023 toolkit. I'm sure you took some great things from there. I can't wait to see how this year plays out. I'm sure there'll be plenty of wins, there'll be plenty of losses, as there always are. But I'm sure that as a nation and an economy, and as people will continue to move forward, and we'll zoom out and go, that was just another year. Look after yourselves out there. We'll keep tuning in. We'll keep finding ways that we can ensure that we're a high probability of getting through this year better than if we didn't do some of the things that we will be doing this year. We'll stay dialed into this podcast. Give it a five star if you haven't yet. That would mean a lot. Or subscribe as well. Then we can get more people learning. I think we've gone past 500 five stars on Spotify, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how many other pods have got that level. So that's all thanks to you lot. There's 12,500 of you listening every month across different platforms. So my math, like I say, you know, I'm not at the height of my game, so I don't actually know what 500 divided by 12,500 is. I'm going to have to Google it. It's only 4%. That can't be right. Only 4%. Now I feel sad. Please, five stars.